Hello, I'm Leroy Garcia, and this is Blue Rain Gallery Podcast. Today we are graced with the presence of Sean Dieterker uh, for his opening tonight, Quiet Spaces. Welcome to the studio today, Sean. Thanks, Leroy. <laughs> it's good to be here. I've known Sean for many years, probably about 25 years at this point, and um, there was a point in Blue Rain Gallery's journey that I decided that we needed to find more spectacular painters, and so I found myself uh, cruising uh, over to Provo and Salt Lake, and I found a, a bunch of artists. But I remember going to the um, museum at BYU, and uh, they were doing a little exhibition. I think Sean had a had a painting in there, and I got to meet him. Um, and from him, he introduced me to a few other wonderful um, Salt Lake-based artists: uh, Ben McPherson, Justin Taylor, uh, just to name a few. Um, it's it's interesting what's developed in Utah as far as painters. Um, I was also fascinated to learn that uh, BYU has one of the largest Maynard Dixon collections. Uh, well, it is the largest Maynard Dixon collection in, in the world. It's uh, a wonderful thing. I think um, they bought a lot, and I think Maynard actually donated a lot as well to, to that exhibition. Over the years, I've been watching Sean uh, grow and develop. Um, he's, he's done his fair share as far as sharing his techniques, his processes. In fact, at one point, um, Sean and, and Ben and Justin opened up the Bridge Academy in Provo, where they influenced a lot of younger artists coming up the chain as well. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? Where you started this journey of art? Sure, Leroy. Uh, I uh, spent the first eight years of my life in Farmington, New Mexico. A uh, little background on my family, my granddad, uh, Hendricks Cox, he had a trading post uh, at, at Star Lake, which is near Farmington, but it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere there. And they, he, would he had a dirt floor trading post and he would trade uh, rugs for gasoline and all kinds of stuff with the, with the local Navajo there. And so we always had uh, some connection with the, the Native Americans. And uh, from there we moved to California and I uh, spent most of my high school years there. And then uh, uh, now I'm in Utah most of, most of the year. Oh, great. Um, tell me about your introduction to art as far as painting. Did you start like a lot of artists uh, drawing, sketching, doodling? Uh, do doodling, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if I'm being honest, like my first ones was just little stick figures with guns shooting each other, you know, when you're 11 or 12, that's what you see. And then I started like, I would freeze, for, I'd watch The Simpsons and I'd freeze frame a frame and, and draw Bart Simpson. I just, I just like that uh, payoff of getting something accurate uh, from what I'm seeing. And so that, I think that was the genesis, but I didn't really take it super seriously till the, until I got into college. I just decided that uh, there, was, there was a joy in making something out of nothing that was uh, pretty uncomparable. Yeah, well, it's, it's been, um, I've seen your progression of work and your style has changed a little bit over the years. Um, I, this latest batch of work um, definitely has the color palettes and feel of Maynard Dixon to it, but I, I love the textures, I love the brush strokes, um, I love the way you're layering the painting uh, on top of each other. I'm looking at the chief behind you over here, and I uh, love the headdress, how you did that, it was fantastic. A little bit of an ex exaggeration there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the other thing I noticed about uh, the Utah artists, uh, and closer to the area where you live, Springville Art Museum, is that a yearly show? Yeah, they have a spring salon, which is usually the best of the best, and everybody tries to get into that. And uh, yeah, it's nice to see what everybody in Utah is doing. I, out of all the states I've been to, I feel like Utah has such a high concentration of talent, but 
unfortunately, a lot of it has to get exported in Santa Fe or you know LA or New York or something like that. But there's so much talent there, and it's nice being very close neighbors with a lot of these guys. Play golf with them, go play tennis, or go camping, or whatever. There's a there's a there's an energy that happens when you get a bunch of artists together in a room. Yeah, I I can see that um, the friendships that you've de developed um, reinforced through that. Uh, area, but it's it's actually I was mind blown uh, when I went to that exhibit to see how many great Utah artists there are. It, it's amazing. Um, something else that I noticed that's unique about Sean and his uh, two other friends who started Bridge Academy, um, you're all great artists, and I don't think that applies just to painting. And in fact, all three of you have gone into videography, uh, filmmaking, um, and for those of you who don't know, Sean. Uh, has a nationally syndicated broadcast with PBS called Canvassing the World. Um, tell us how you got into this um, filmmaking stuff. <laughs> well, the honest truth is, uh, you know, when times get hard as, as a painter, every painter knows there's ups and downs. There's, you know, there's, there's, you'll make a fortune one month and you'll make zero for 12 months after that. So I was at a, you know, a, a rough spot and I, they just came out with a new camera that actually uh, had a high enough res sensor that it could actually, it's, you know, it's every, you see it now, it's in the iPhone now, but back then it wasn't. So it, it allowed me to be able to travel and film and document an experience with a potential subject and, and let people see the genesis of a potential painting. So I thought, that could be interesting, that could be a show. So I go to Europe for two months with this camera that, that actually is high enough quality to put on the air. And I spent two months just exploring and, and it, it revolved into a travel show slash uh, art show in a way. So the idea is go to a place, say uh, Sydney, Australia, meet the people and film the whole experience. And then eventually at the end of that episode, it evolves into a painting of some kind. And that's revealed at the end of each episode. Yeah, I, I, was there one that you did in Thailand? I uh, didn't do or Thailand, Bali. It was yeah, Bali. Bali, Bali. Yes. I, I loved that one. That, yeah. was, that was nice. Yeah. And I've always been a traveler, Leroy. That's, mm -hmm. uh, in fact, that's, that's how I always collect most of my content, even before doing the TV show, was I would go somewhere and just get inspired by real life. There, there's, there's honesty in that. Instead of just making something out of nothing, it's meeting those people and evolving that into something that sticks to the canvas. I think that's something that everybody would recognize right off the bat, the um, sincerity of, of what you're producing. It doesn't seem contrived at all seems very natural and um, it flows nice. And I think you even did one on, on uh, Santa Fe, which I, we featured did, a little yes, bit of Blue Rain. <laughs> yes, we did, which uh, we're happy to, as, as a special gift for the opening, we're gonna let that, uh, we're gonna release that to anybody that has the link, so. Oh, right on. So any of your listeners that are interested in seeing the Santa Fe episode in its entirety, we'll uh, put a link somewhere. Oh, great, great, we'll get on that. Uh, my daughter, Leah, will help us uh, get that on the She's web. great, by the way, <laughs> she's great. Yeah, she's, she's done a great job of, for us, for sure. Um, now, this, this particular show uh, that we have set up for Downstairs for tonight, uh, tell us a little bit about the subject matter, why you picked the subject matter. It seems diverse, not yes. just native-based, hmm. right? I noticed there was a skull. <laughs> well, you got to start somewhere. You gotta, before, before you put the flesh on, you got to start with the bones. So understanding how bones work is important. But uh, yeah, the genesis of the show was a little bit COVID-based. So we, we mentioned canvassing the world. We had our, that's been on the air for uh, almost a year now. We were filming season two and COVID shut us down. So it bought me some time in the studio just to paint. And so I, I, I would spend a lot of time since you couldn't go to you know, a restaurant or anything like that. I'd just go walking in the woods and having these moments. 
So I thought, this, that's the show, those quiet spaces, those moments that individuals have when they're sitting there and it's like a, a epiphany or uh, almost a sacred time. And so I try, from all the subjects I've ever painted, I thought, let's, let's apply this, this solitary uh, reverence in a way to a body of work. And so that's what these paintings are. Yeah, well, they came out really nice. I, uh, was there, let's see, there was a skull and then uh, there was a, um, a black man. Tell us about that one. Oh, that, that was that like Freddie Gray? Or? No, that's my friend Patrick. Oh, it's Patrick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's my friend. I was Patrick. wondering if it was a political. Uh, Nothing commentary. political whatsoever. <laughs> I just, I just like the image. There was, there was a countenance that he had that uh, translated, I think, well to canvas. But yeah, I needed. I wanted. Uh, I do portraits a lot. I like painting people's faces and expression. As you'll see, a lot of these they're a little bit more vague. But yeah. that one was a front and center. Very so detailed. More yeah. on the blue palette too. Yeah, a little yeah. different. Yeah. I definitely pushed the colors on this one. Yeah. And I've been working hard on breaking away from like I'll have a reference but I've been trying to work more and more just from a little bit more from imagination and exaggeration and just worrying about form and shape and color rather than you know absolute uh, classicism in a way if that yeah. makes sense well one of the one of the wonderful things I, I really appreciate about Sean is not just the fact that he's a great um, filmmaker but he's he you've stuck to your your roots of painting you haven't let that go whereas some of your other contemporaries they just went full blast into the movie making and no painting anymore. Well, you know, painting, for me, painting's a calling. It's like the happiest I am is when I know I've nailed a painting. And that's not all the time, because I have a lot of failure, because if, if you're not failing, you're not progressing. And so, but to be in the studio, to have that complete, complete control over uh, uh, an artistic process, it's very fulfilling to me. With filmmaking and other things, there's so many other variables that you don't get to control the whole thing. It's, you got a team you're working with, which is fine, but painting is all mine. Mm -hmm. If it's, uh, do you, is profanity okay in the podcast? I don't yeah, know. I don't really care. Uh, well, <laughs> if it, it's if raw, it, it's raw. You can say whatever you uh, want. Okay. <laughs> I always say like, like, I have control over this piece and if it turns out shit, that's my fault. But if it's great, it's my fault. And so I, I, want, I want to have that responsibility. I want to have that control because there's very few things in life that give you that. And so it's almost like going to church for me in a way. Mm -hmm. So I, I could never leave that behind. Well, I noticed, uh, I always bring this up too when we're uh, interviewing artists, but when and you're your hardest, critique, or hardest critic, um, but when you put your artwork out there, uh, you know, there's people that love it, and then there's some people that are like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> oh yeah, no, and I, I, I'm exactly. It's raw. I totally understand. I'm like my worst critic, yeah. and there's stuff that never gets released, gets sanded off. It's just like, is this the best I could do for now? And if it's yes, then I'll let it go into the gallery or go out in the world. But some stuff you just got to burn. Yeah, <laughs> you got to burn it. You've got to take those risks because if you don't, you're just you're really not getting better. You're just stuck in your own the own your own manufacture of your own work. And I mm -hmm. never want to be in that because I want to wake up every morning and want to go to the studio. Some artists don't do that anymore. They've had success with a certain thing and they keep duplicating it and they, it's work. They might as well be working, you know, at the office. Well, I've enjoyed seeing your progression and, and you can tell you're uh, dedicated to your craft and uh, mastering uh, this type of art. And uh, we're really appreciative and blessed to have you at Blue Rain Gallery. Oh, I love you. You've been, <laughs> you've been with me for 15 years now almost. And yeah. it's, it's, been, it's been great. It's, it's been, been a great ride. Well, I'd like to thank Sean for participating in Blue Rain Gallery podcast. Um, our next show will be at the end of this month, um, June 25th, and it is called More Than Glass. It'll feature uh, Vivian Wang, Susan Taylor Glasgow, Rick Allen, and Shelly Allen. I'd like to encourage everybody to check out our website in the next few days um, as we start posting things. Um, you can also 
Uh, feel free to dis- subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or any of the platforms. You can also go to our webpage and look under podcast um, uh, for more of these wonderful interviews. I'd like to encourage everybody to also go to Blue Rain Print Shop where you can find items, everyday items from our artists. Um, until the next time. That's why I say it's raw. We'll just keep it raw. Hey, I know.